Hello and welcome to another Beers with a Minor audio blog. No time to read? Listen in as I read for you and then discuss blog posts from the madmumsy.com website. Today in episode 9 I cover what makes a real minor and does it even matter? Some people get so hung up on this like my partner, a real minor. It is because of him I chose to put pen to paper and share a few thoughts on this. You may agree with him, or like me, <laughs> have two bob each way. I'm recording this today at my lovely little river house, and you may hear in the background the wind chimes as it's quite windy. It's it's a nice noise. I probably will be able to edit it out, but if you hear that in the background, it might just put you in a lovely mood too. Of course, there's the highway traffic as well, and I can't wait until I finish building my podcast recording studio, which is very exciting. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on with the audio blog. Let's, as I like to say, dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? I <laughs> crack me up. Are gravel scratches real miners? I have worked as an operator in gold and coal mines for over a decade now, sometimes carting dirt and rock, sometimes coal or gold and copper, the money makers. I am a miner, but am I a real miner? My partner is a real miner, just ask him, he'll tell you. I thought we were all real miners. What is the difference? You work in a mine, you're a real miner, right? The Oxford Dictionary describes a miner as anyone who works in a mine. But there is no definition for a real miner. When I met my partner, an underground miner, he started calling me a gravel scratcher. You gravelies are all the same. This was a new term to me, but quite well known, apparently. It reminded me of when I first heard the endearing term boneheads dump truck operators, even if I spend all day grading on the loader or driving a truck in the black stuff, I'm still only a gravel scratcher, not a real miner, in his opinion. As our time together increases, I learn more of this strange new world of underground mining. He never used to say much except, I hate work. Personally, I have rarely hated work choosing instead to have bad days here and there, but I'm a little bit mad. A few years ago, I worked with an older fella who would sigh heavily every time we approached the pit in our bus. I really don't want to be here. Every day, the same heaviness in his heart. And every day I would say, Oh, you'll be right once you're in the dozer. I may feel the same after 30 plus years in mining, For now, I tend to find the lighter moments to help us all get through it. The first time my partner came to visit me on his pyjama day, I got him some crib from my mess. I usually don't eat much, so I didn't feel too guilty taking extra pies and sandwiches for him to toast on his night shift. This was my first eye-opener of working underground. He thanked me for my effort, but let it slip about eating cold pies for crib. I told him not to be silly, just put them in the pie warmer when you get to work and they'll be hot by first crib. (laughs) Jeez, it's not rocket science. 
The sandwiches will be yummy in the toasted sandwich maker with a cuppa too. See how I look after you? That was when I first heard him say, we are real miners. We don't have all that. What, not even a kettle? No. Why not? They should let you, that's so mean. It turns out it's because of the boom factor. Not the mining boom and bust, and they can't afford new appliances, but nothing that might create a spark. (laughs) Makes sense, really, but gee, no kettle. That is real mining. They have a few tricks up their sleeve, such as putting things on the transformer to warm them up. (laughs) Whatever that is. They are in the black stuff all the time, and most need to have a shower before leaving work because they are real miners and get dirty. Even after a shower, many look cool and mysterious with their eyeliner on. I must admit, I have worn my work jeans a couple of days in a row because they are still fresh and clean. (laughs) But don't tell him that. Is it more than just open cut versus underground? What about the differences between temps, contractors, old-timers, clean skins and traineeships? Does being permanent make you any more of a real miner? There can be many differences depending on your experience and employment agreements, which mine you work at and who runs it. Permanent employees get holidays and sickies. In most cases, more money too. You are supplied work boots, shirts and jeans yearly and a jacket every two years. Better accommodation with a more permanent residence or even a company house in town. The banks are more inclined to give you a loan because you are seen as being in stable employment with regular pay cycles. When it rains, you stay or are offered the option of annual leave. More training on various equipment, becoming a trainer and more incentive to increase your skill levels in general. Of course, all of this differs from company to company, site to site and your position. However, even these standards are being eroded with the downturn in the industry at the moment. Attempts and contractors. Labour hire. No holiday or sick leave. If you are not at work, you get no pay. Most labour hire places these days seem to only provide a few shirts and perhaps a jacket. You must supply your own boots and jeans. At least they should be tax deductible. Hoteling is the new accommodation catch cry. Bring everything with you, every trip. No shared or permanent dongers. You pay for your accommodation and meals out of your wages. Try getting a loan for a house as a contractor. Many banks won't touch you or want to see you have been there for years. When it rains, many companies now will send home the contractors. If you're lucky, they may give you four hours pay. Little or no training time is given, including not being authorised to operate equipment that you have prior competencies for. Again, this varies from site to site. So if you have the company shirt on in the company camp and get holidays, does that make you any more of a real miner than the others? Some mine workers sadly think they are a bit more special than the others. Times have changed with discrimination laws, etc., but it's becoming nicer now than it used to be, in my view, anyway. 
the increased popularity of contract labour hire, many crews are now outnumbered by contractors. If you're a chef or a cleaner, does that make you a miner? A popular morning TV show were promoting a story involving a miner. I was watching this with my real miner, and he was horrified to hear that this guy was a chef at a camp. In his view, that does not make you a miner. You're a chef working within the mining industry. This goes for cleaners and all support roles, in his view. I asked him what about the cleaners who go out to the mines and clean the offices and the crew parts. They are still cleaners, not bloody miners. As I write this, I'm not quite sure where I sit. Hmm, perhaps on the fence. As an operator, I feel like it's the peeps who actually go to the mine, blow up the dirt, dig it out and get it onto the train and trucks. But where does the line stop? What about all the office jocks, the surveyors and planners, the training and induction departments, security at the gate, the cleaners? I think we all contribute to the overall running of the mine and most are working away from friends and family. Therefore, if you work within the mining industry, I will call you a miner. But a little voice will say, yeah, but as a not a real miner. Is that right or wrong in this politically correct crazy world? The real miner is in the background yelling out, no, 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 as I read this out to him. In my view, we are all real miners, working long hours away from family and friends in dangerous conditions with uncertain times ahead. It doesn't matter who does what or what we call each other. Or what is your view? Are you a real miner? Or like me, according to my partner, just doing preparation work for the real miners to come in? Perhaps you work within the mining industry and feel every part of miner as we do. Let's just get the job done, safely, with a little fun popped in for sanity, and get home to our other life when we can. Now I'm off to pack for night shift because I am a real miner. Hmm, what about people who only do day shift? Are they real miners? I wrote that article in 2014, I believe, but many of those issues are still quite valid. And when I wrote that article, I was a little bit apprehensive about putting it out there and then going to camp and seeing all the chefs and the cleaners and feeling like I had degraded them in some way. And I still feel a little bit like that. I truly honour what we are all doing. And we're hard workers. We, as I said, we work in the mining industry and... We all just have to watch out for each other and try and get each other through it, no matter what you do out there, and respect each other. You know, I really do my best to try and... And I'm not doing it just to make myself feel better. I don't think. I've never really analysed why. (laughs) But, you know, try and thank the people that are helping you while you are in camp, the cleaners, the... The people cleaning your room, the people doing your dishes, the people who are cooking your food, the people who are checking you into your room and out, the people who are driving you on the bus, they're all in our industry as well and every part are minor as we are. We're just doing different things. 
I believe, and I say we, coming from obviously, as I always say, mad mumsy dump truck operator in an open cart mine. But my partner is an underground miner and I regularly have tea with his peeps and it's funny talking to them and hearing more and more about their world, which I'll share some more of that with you as the podcast continues. But for this episode, this shorter episode, I just wanted to read that out and bring it up again because at the moment the Queensland government, it's May 2016 as I record this and they have had submissions open about labour hire contracting in, I believe, mining and construction, but across the board. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to. What's going to come out of it? I did make a submission. It will be interesting to see what comes from a government inquiry into this. And they asked what you, what you wished for, and you know, speaking to a lot of people about this, it'd be nice if we were all on the same hourly rate, and if we got holidays and sick days, and if you're going to get sacked or put off or let go, however they wish to describe it, that we got two weeks' notice or a week, a day, <laughs> two weeks, you know, like most people on the planet. It's, it's all those little things that add up and make it make it harder and I, I come from the position I've started as a labour hire, ended up with a shirt, as they say, uh, permanent, and that was so much better because... We, I knew how much I was going to get paid every week. At the moment, I get a three-day pay, a two-day pay. A, if I don't go, a no pay, <laughs> so I don't get sick. But um, this inquiry will be interesting to see what comes from it. And I can understand that this is quite a political subject and the big mining companies, sure, it's more in their interest to be able to have a more fluid perhaps might be the word or not, uh, workforce where they can hire people quickly and get rid of them quickly depending on the demand. And at the moment the demand for our resources is still not very nice, not very nice, pretty. That's <laughs> not very financial, is it? <laughs> but the resources sector is struggling and it's affecting the whole country because it's a lot of money that's not coming in. So oh, I'm not going to go into all of that because I'm not sure that I really know enough about it. But I do know that they are having an inquiry and at the end when you add a submission it said, if you were Prime Minister, what would you do? And my wish would be same alley rate, sickies and holidays. You know, you could go on and ask for heaps more but... I think that would that would be nice. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes from the inquiry. I'll add links to it in the show notes once it begins. At the moment, they just opened it up for submissions, and they've been they have they are closed now. It's like the FIFO inquiries in WA into mental health. Big changes have come from that, and I'll add a link to the, that in the show notes. I've discussed that in episode, other episodes as well. And then we had the Queensland government had the FIFO inquiry as well, but that was more along the lines of 100% fly in, fly out when there are workers in the town next door who can't get a job there because you have to go and live in the big city. 
I can understand that they want to share the love around the state, but, you know, that was just a bit ridiculous. In, I'll just say this and then rant over, but in my view for that, it should be a choice. If you want to live in the local town, if you want to drive in, if you want to catch the bus or if you want to have get on a plane and live in a big city, you, I think you should be able to do either of those. That's my biggest thing about fly in, fly out. It shouldn't be compulsory and you have to move to Brisbane to get a job in a mine five kilometres from your local town in the central Queensland, which is exactly what was happening. So, again, I'm trying not to be political, but you can't just keep everyone happy. What's the point of making a making a podcast or being a blogger? Oh, you know, I don't want to uh, get anyone in trouble, <laughs> including myself, but I think these are the sort of things that we're discussing at the Kubats and in meetings, and I'm sure big uh, companies are discussing these sorts of things all the time as well, as well as government. So, you know, just putting it out there and any feedback would be most welcome, of course, um, in closing because these are meant to be short. And so far, let's have a look. Yes, that's it. Political rant over (laughs) for the day. Remember, all the links we discussed in this episode can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers nine. That's madmumsy with a Z or a Z, depending where you're from, and the number nine. I would also really like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has already been to iTunes and subscribed and as well as left a five-star review. Thank you so much. It means so much to me when I'm checking out stalking (laughs) the iTunes store and I see my little podcast there. I've been as high as number four in New and Noteworthy podcasts for education. And there is a lot of podcasts starting to come out now because people are jumping on board and podcast is the new way to go. Anyway, thank you again from the bottom of my heart that's awesome and thank you so much for listening until next week stay safe be real be special and have fun for we only live once cheers